margin as we define it is the amount available beyond what is needed. When you think about it, we all love that. We love that in the area of the airplane and having leg room, whether it's first class and all of those things. We love that on the interstates when there's margin in the lanes. We, we love that in so many different areas. We love money and having margin in that so that we can have breathing room. This is what we've been talking about. So we've been laying down some principles and we've, we've looked at, at several of these issues and uh, so today we come to the one we call emotional margin. And so I think it's really worth talking about uh, because you know margin in your schedule means you create a space and you get some rest and refreshment. That, that's huge. Uh, space to deepen relationships, space to restore your soul. That's what happens when you get margin in the schedule. You can take care of you, you can take care of others, and you can have that relationship with God. You have time for that. In, in money, it means you've created space to breathe and, and have enjoy getaways, which who doesn't love to sneak out of town and, and do getaways? And, and you're able to give to those in need and you're able to have room for emergencies. If those margins are in place, this one gets a little easier. Because if they're not in place, we're going to be, if we're going to, our emotions will run amok if we, if our schedule's tight and our money's tight. It just goes with the tightness of those things. But without emotional margin, you're going to be short with those that you love most. You're, you're going to, you're going to take it out on your wife. You're going to take it out on your kids. Uh, you're going to lose sleep. Your health is going to go down. Your, uh, your, balance of life, your, your weight is going to fluctuate one or the other, either you're going to quit eating and lose everything or, or emotion is going to drive you to raid the refrigerator 24-7, you're going to get obese. And those things happen and you just stay frustrated, you're just in this frustrated mode. Hey friends, I wanted to take a few moments from the podcast just to let you know about a unique relationship that I have for which I'm very thankful for. Back in 2018, I began working in some capacity on staff with Crosswinds Foundation for Faith and Culture. Now, I say some capacity because there is a long story behind it that I will tell you on an upcoming episode of the Advanced Cast. Uh, however, through that relationship with the founder and executive director, Bob Waldrop, who started Crosswinds Foundation for Faith and Culture back in 2008 as a means to engage people about the current cultural issues of the day in the public sphere from the standpoint of faith and hope and uh, empowerment. Because of that relationship, we have the opportunity now to run the advance, not as a for-profit organization or not as a moneymaker, but really we can run this as a nonprofit. That means that we're empowered now to help people wherever they are and move them to where they're designed to be. And that means that if part of your unique call is to jump on board with us and help us create a movement, once again, that empowers people to move from where they are to where they're designed to be. If you want to help a movement that's designed to help people move from where they are to where they're designed to be in, in every area of life, whether that's in the area of their family or their finances or their health or what they do for work as they find and fulfill their purpose or even their faith life, as we really feel that faith should infuse all of this, 
then I would encourage you to follow the link below at the show notes and just go over to Crosswinds Foundation for Faith and Culture. Learn more about the incredible organization that Bob founded there that has released multiple documentaries on post-traumatic stress disorder, on moral injury, on even families. Learn about several of the books that uh, I've honestly been fortunate enough to work with him as he's created. Uh, learn more about how you can even give a designated uh, one-time or recurring donation to the advance movement. Those are, because it's a 501c3, all tax deductible. You'll have to get with your attorney as you sort through all the details. But I thank you so much for following along, listening to the podcast. We'll get back to the show. Uh, I have the opportunity to work with a lot of guys and, and oversee them that, that live life in that paycheck to paycheck and that also... Um, want to work overtime as much as they can because they've got bills and everything else. And I've noticed among those that, that, that do that to the excess, uh, that they're always the ones that are the most difficult to get along with. And it's because of this emotional stress. I'm convinced of that. And a lot of us have it, and I get all that, but I just think that if we can begin to rein this in and I can give, we can talk about some principles here of, of how to find emotional margin, we're going to be better for it. But I'm going to tell you, if you don't take care of your schedule and your money, this one's going to be really difficult to accomplish. But if you've been working on those, then the, the three things I'm going to share with you today and Andy and I are going to get into is, is going to be very helpful to you in that sense. And the first one that we have to do is recognize our limits, right? I think that's so important um, that, that we learn to, to, to do that in several different areas, um, listen, it's emotionally exhausting, uh, when it, especially if you're in the area of ministry where you're trying to help people. And, and it feels like there's more people that need help than there is of you to give. And, and if you're emotionally spent, uh, it's, it's just rough. But here's what I've realized. Recognize your limits emotionally. There are certain people that I can't tolerate for long time. And you know, I, you hate to say that because you want to be the guy that can do, they can tolerate everybody. But the reality is, there there's certain times when you realize we can't be close friends because there's it, it's a it's either a one way street or they're not looking for help. Right, those kind of things that take place. And I, I think that I'm not the guy that loves the whole boundary thing where you, there are certain people you need to just x out of your life. That sounds hard and and and. Uh, callous to me, but I do think that we have to diminish the unhealthy relationships in our life. Like, you're not going to have access to me if it's, if it's an unhealthy relationship. I'm going to be friends with you, but it's, we're going to, it's going to be a distance there because I, I can't afford that. And, and I think we have to recognize that about ourselves. Um, you know, uh, people who are always critical, are going to drain you. And if you've surrounded yourself, we talk about getting the right people on the bus. I think, man, if critical people, I don't mean people who think critically. I mean people who just love to see the negative and the, and the whole why it can't work and why it won't work, the Eeyores of life. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't have too many of those in my life. It will ruin me emotionally. It will drag me down. And I think we need to know that. We need to see that. Uh, selfish people are the same way. And, and, and uh, you know, it's people who, there are people who are so needy. I know it sounds like, you know, I'm a terrible ogre here, but there's people that are so needy that you realize, I can't help you. And, and to listen to you and give you space to talk is only going to 
worsen your problem and blind you to it. And so it's one of those places where you kind of dust your feet off and, you know, love them from a distance. And I know that sounds harsh. Exactly, it does to me as I say it. But I, I have found this to be true in my life, that you have to recognize your limits. Well, right there, you're really... T- that's the reason I only fly first class. <laughs> right? No, you don't have to kidding. talk I'm to people. Kidding, you know? <laughs> I just made that up because you talked about it with the margin. No, I think right here is... I, I fly. I actually fly coach. I, I fly Southwest. Right, <laughs> generally right. where there like there is no first class. It's just <laughs> they throw everybody. Get in there and choose your seat. Right, <laughs> you peasants. <laughs> uh, so what you're talking about right here is really the access you give to certain people. Right. So you know a lot of especially lately, it seems so many people have taken the boundaries concept to mean things that were never meant exactly. by the original concept in the first place. They're just kind of running with it, and now it's the popular thing to say. And then, you know, in six months or a year, there'll be something else popular yep. Yep. that will equally decimate, you know, that will have been a once good concept, and it'll be, you know, now, like, you know, two years ago, everything was abuse. Yep. Now everything's boundaries. You know, two years from now, everything will be who knows what. You're talking about the access. So... If you go back to that fourth rung, that fourth part of the advanced framework, that who, you know, right there, we really say you've got a certain inner circle that's on your bus. So think about the life of Jesus. He's got 12. Yeah. He's got three, Peter, James, and John, that are arguably present at other things the others aren't. You know, and then aside from that, it, it seems like, well, there's an episode early on in the book of Mark, where he heals Simon Peter's mother-in-law. And the next morning, he's out to pray. Peter comes out, finds him. Hey, it's early in the morning. He's been praying. Everybody's looking for you. And if you read the text, Jesus says, where are they? They're over there, is what Peter says. Okay, let's go in a different direction. And so he's... Because there's this idea where there's this emotional bandwidth. You've got these limits. You're giving access, all access, to certain people that are your inner circle that are charging you, okay? And then you're given a little bit less access yep. to a few more people, and then you're giving way less access to most people. Like, that's yep. that's how you roll. Right. And so we're not, we're not talking about you don't love those people, you don't honor those right. people, you honor everyone, you love everyone, but it doesn't mean you can't be best friends with everyone. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's very different. And you know, and again, if you're if you've been in the ministry, um, you there's a tendency everybody wants to see you and everybody wants you know help and and it can be extremely draining and and there is that balance and you're right about that whole boundary and that's what I've always beat up against you know people who just talk about boundaries so well I'm just not going to be friends with them because you know they boundary. irritate me or whatever I'm like. That's no, you know, no. You're more dysfunctional than they are. I mean, like the, the whole point is that we would help people, right? And so, you know, Tammy and I both are in deep agreement with this. You know, we've always kind of, you know, the uh, have had a lot of outcasts kind of gather. We, you know, we're we're the island of the misfit toys. A lot of sense. You know, the, the friendships that 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 people come and oh, go. Oh, gee, thanks. Not not you, but it's, <laughs> but but what I mean is because we care. But but I realize it can it will ruin me. If 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 I realize that you're not wanting help, yeah, you're just wanting attention. That's the difference, right? It's hard to bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ 
when you put a boundary on everybody that has a need. Isn't that right? Yeah. At the same time, you can't help someone that doesn't want to be helped. Right. So you got to know your limits somewhere in there. Right. And so this is why this is a crucial piece. I think so. When we say recognize your limits, one is it's people in people's problems invading my margin space. The other is my emotional dysfunction where I've got issues. Then I need to I need an outlet for that. I need a way for to be helped with my own emotions and to get them right. And one of them is by spending time with the Lord, right? To cast my cares on Him, for He cares for me. That's a powerful statement that I think we have to grab a hold of. I have to come clean with the Lord. I have to be honest with Him about who I am, what my needs are, and all of those things. I, I think uh, about the story uh, of Jacob uh, when he's wrestling with the Lord and right before he's crossing and you know his brother's coming and he's freaked out about that because he thinks his brother's going to want to take him over if you know the story and so he sends his family on ahead and he's wrestling with the lord uh in in that issue and he asked him he asked him who are you i think it's interesting that what he wanted jacob to do was to come clean because jacob's name meant deceiver yeah he wasn't just saying oh what's your name he meant who are you yeah, you need to own who you are. Own who I, you are. Say, go ahead and let me hear you say it. You know, my name is Jacob and I'm a deceiver. That's what God was saying. Who are you? That's when he gave him the new name, right? So, so the whole concept of this is that I have to come clean before God and go, God, this is where I am. I'm emotionally spent and I'm an, I'm a, I'm an angry man or I'm a lustful man or I'm a, whatever those things are and cast those things to the Lord. You'll never find freedom burying those things. And so let's take them to the one who already knows those issues because he cares for me. And, and I just think that's a valuable piece that we should spend time giving and having self-talk. David says it like this in Psalm 42 and 43. Oh, soul, why are you weary? Why are you downcast, right? That's that self-talk. He's, 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 he's examining self to say, what's going on with me? And then he says, oh, yeah, praise the Lord. And so that's a, that's a psalm, that's a prayer that he was praying to God. And so I think we do the same thing. Lord, I'm not sure what's wrong with me, but I'm angry, or I'm this, or I'm that, right? And, and self-talk, and then ask the Lord to speak into our life. And the other thing is we just need a good friend. I mean, the proverb speaks of the fact of how the wise are able to draw out from people uh, the sorrow. And, uh, you know, when we look at terms of Ecclesiastes 4, two are better than one because there's a good return on the labor. We just need each other. I need people who will who will uh, remind me of my emotional instability in certain areas and go, "Hey, man, you need to rein that in." You know, I saw you talk to your kid. That's probably not a good. Th we we need we need to to recognize our limits and listen when God speaks, when others speak, and then we have to take care of of keeping other people's that we can't help from bringing their pain into bear with us. We become some sort of, of a hypochondriac in some sense. You know, he's got a disease and now I feel like I have a disease. So sometimes your emotional pain can rub off on, on me if I'm not careful. And so we have to just really understand this whole thing about recognizing your limits. Make sense? Yeah, so again, it's the same thing. It's the same concept is you don't want to push all the way against the outside edges. Right. You got to pull it back in a little bit. Notice, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go too far here. If I don't create, you got to have a buffer. Yep. So again, don't want just like in a sheet of paper like this, you don't run off the edge of the page, create a margin, come in. Yep. Exactly. 
we talk about it time, talk about it money. Now, emotions. emotions. All right, yeah. so number one, recognize your limits. Number two is what? Uh, cultivate gratitude. And this is a huge issue. And I say cultivate because it, for some people, if you're emotionally spent, you can't see a light at the end of a tunnel. You, you literally are blinded by your own emotion. You've sat with those people, I'm sure, because you've I've been, been in ministry like that. Well, me too, but I'm just saying, you know, where you they're unconsolable. You can't convince them that life is any way going to get better. Uh, you know, and so, um, in fact, I've, I've got, uh, I, was, I was talking to one of my close friends uh, yesterday, and he's got a friend who, you know, has been on some suicide watch for about, you know, two months now, it feels like. The guy's down to like 150-something pounds. He's just refusing to eat and all of that. And everybody that's tried to go help him, he, it's like he doesn't want the help. And for me, I have found in my own life, because sometimes my emotional uh, margin uh, will happen because I think everybody else is maybe ahead of me or something, or I'm falling behind. I think that's where a lot of us get in certain areas. Not all of emotions that way, but some is. But if we just take the time to cultivate gratitude, grat grateful people are happy. They're emotionally balanced for the most part. And so we really have to just take stock of, of what we have. I know it's that old cliche, you know, count your many blessings, right? But I mean, that that's what it is. Right, and I would say if you're emotionally have no margin, you ought to get out a piece of paper and a pen, and you ought to start listing the things that are assets in your life, and be grateful for those things. Back in 2014, the advance began as a one-time event in Memphis, Tennessee. There were about 22, 23 men present, and we enjoyed the entire weekend. We learned a little bit about business, a lot about faith, and a whole lot about becoming better men. And I'll tell you this, it was a lot of fun. So much fun that months later, we did Advance 2.0, and then 3.0, and 4, and 5. Eventually, I was involved in 10 Advance events. They grew every time, and we continued developing the framework that is the what, how, why, who, you, uh, that fills the books and the planner and some of the other resources that are available for you today. Now, let me tell you this. After Advanced 10.0 in Minneapolis, I stepped back and took a break. I had some life changes and uh, moving from one chapter to a next that really necessitated me putting a big pause but I always knew, always felt that at some point we're going to move this thing forward and it will at that point be better than ever. Right now, we are building an incredible team of men who want to lock arms and move forward together with each other, who want to challenge each other in the same way that Proverbs says, iron sharpens iron. And we've got the podcast, have some books, have a planner, some other online tools but we are about to unleash the live events once again. Now, we're not ready to tell you when and where and all of the details. We're still in the planning process, but I will tell you this. If you want to be among the first to know when we announce the time and place so that you can reserve your ticket early on, I would encourage you to follow the link in the show notes below to the advanced live wait list. That's it. Join it and we will let you know first when we release the tickets. Thanks again. I'll see you at the next, yep, we're doing it, live event. 
Well, no, I, you know, in this, I'm opening up my planner here. Mm-hmm. This is the advanced planner that, you know, they'll hear, hear a commercial about right. in yes. this episode. And one of the best, uh, it's not really a task, it's just kind of a habit that I do every day is at the end of the day, uh, at the bottom of this page, there are three things I'm grateful for mm-hmm. for today are, and I'll go through and just kind of jot them down. Now, some days, it's massive stuff. Oh, got this new contract done, you know, or, oh, got this whatever. And then, you know, sometimes, like, I've got one here. Uh, here's where I finished a book project. Uh, here's where I took one of the kids to a wrestling match, and he won. Uh, this one is, is progress. Uh, here's one where, you know, one night, me and the kids, you know, one of the kids, uh, he's wanting to go watch Creed. Yeah, right. But instead of going straight to the movie, you know, he's wanting to like watch them all up, going up. And so one night we just sat down. He's like, let's just watch the movie. Well, like that was what made the list. You know, another sure. one that made the list was like, I just went for a long run. You know, so, some days there are massive things in mm-hmm. here. There's three a day at least. And then other days, I feel like I am straining to look for something. Yeah. But then all often, like some of those are the best things. Like that are the very small, subtle ones that I would have totally forgotten had I not at the end of the day looked back and yep. thought, man, like that was really cool. I walked in and the person I hadn't seen in years happened to be sitting right there in the coffee shop. Yep. You know, caught up like it, it would have not even I would not have even thought about it. Again, ever. Right. Had I not sat down to look back that day and go, okay, what are what are three things today? Exactly. You know, and it it does recraft how you start seeing God's hand working in your life. Sure. You start seeing blessings coming that you know to use the song mm-hmm. yep. lyrics yep. Uh, that you can actually count. Uh, it it does cause you to reframe. Sure. And, and yeah, and some days are absolutely you know tough days, but even on those, there's generally several things you go. Oh, even even today there was yep. this this and this. Yep. And that, and. Literally, this is we've made a conscious effort. I like you, journal, and I write those gratitude things down, and we cultivate that. And it could be little things. Oh, know? a lot of times they are. I'm, I'm going to celebrate wins. I mean, listen, the other morning it's been it's interesting. I have my, my my study is in this kind of a windowed uh, room. It's what we would call a sunroom if you were in Florida, but it's my office. And outside my office, I have this little statue thing, and. Uh, for like almost three mornings in a row, when the sun comes up, there's going to be a squirrel sitting on that thing looking at me. And I don't know why I find enjoyment in that, but I'm like, man, thank you, God, for that little... I don't know right. it's not the same squirrel. I, I don't know, but he's there it, it, staring at me. You need to give him a little <clears throat> douse so, of spray paint. Just a little orange tuft. On I know, just I should. See if it's the but same. It's, just, it's interesting to me because I'm writing... Right now, I'm writing a book, children's book, and it's got a lot of characters in it. Eli's Magical Shipwreck Zoo and so he's collecting animals from the panhandle. You know, so my mind is on animals, but I'm just I look at that and I think I just marvel at that squirrel and what's going on in in, you know, just creation. And I'm like, man, thank you just for looking at that. I know that sounds silly, but to me, it's just a big deal. All right now that squirrel's got his own family. He's like, hey, every day I sit on that statue, I, I look over. Like I there's got. a man. There seems to be a random man that comes and sits at this desk. It's every right. day I get up and I'm just so thankful. I look over a marble. There's a man. There's a man there, right? But but it, it is those things, you know. And uh, man, I, so, I mean, it, again, it's cheesy things like that. But in the mornings, I get up early. Uh, 
I mean, up, you know, four Man, you're whatever. the guy that wakes up. <clears throat> yeah, I'll wake The rooster. Up. Yeah. And the guy that makes the donuts. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm up. And then Tammy will come in sooner or later, and I'll hear our uh, Simply Safe, you know, with the alarm go off. Like she's turned it down and is telling me that we're no longer, you know, armed. armed. Okay to go outside. <clears throat> and so I know she's going to head in the kitchen and get her coffee. And so I come out of my study, head in the kitchen, and when I see her, I'm just... I'm st- listen. We've been married 43 years. I'm still giddy when I see her in the mornings like that. I she I just love being married to her, and so I'm grateful, you know, just to have a wife. And so, I think you just start cultivating that. It's gonna be. It's gonna pay big dividends. And we could spend forever about this. Everybody knows this. Nobody does it. I mean, rare, rarely do people I do, do it. it. I know. I'm saying rarely do people <laughs> consciously do that. Just marvel at the goodness of God. Uh, and just to choose to see the upside of life. There's a statement that I have found myself making an awful lot. Is every time somebody has trouble, well, used to, I would do it like this. My kids would be fearful or something or mad about whatever. I said, well, come on, let's, let's get together. Let's hold hands and worry because that's going to fix it, you know, and then they would hate when I would do that. Uh, but what I say myself a lot of times, I have a lot to think about. I don't have anything to worry about, right? There's something good about knowing that God, a sovereign God, is over my life. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful he can take my deficits and turn them into assets. That's what the principles throughout the scriptures tell me. And so these, this is a, a, just a crucial piece. If you're wanting to get free and emotional margin, start finding things to be grateful All for. All right, so number one was know your limits yep. and yep. then buffer. Yep. And, gra- uh, and number yep. two is cultivate yeah, gratitude. Fill up the yep. space with gratitude. Number three is what? Yep. Choose forgiveness. That, that's a big deal. I say choose forgiveness because we always have a choice. I, I beat this into my kids while I was beating it into me. I can't control what others do, but I can control how I respond to what others do. And you're going to have a lot of reason to be mad at people. Be unfor- Listen, you don't have enough real estate margin to start storing up unforgiveness in those margins. It will ruin you. Um it was Shakespeare that made this statement using bitterness, but it's the same thing in that unforgiveness. Uh, bitterness is drinking poison and expecting others to die. And I'm like, I don't have, I mean, that's the whole point. I'm, I'm mad and I'm angry and I'm mad at you. And so I'm losing sleep over it. I can't believe Andy did that. And, I'm, I'm, and you're not even thinking about it. I've allowed you to put me in, in the prison of my own making. Right. And I'm like, why am I doing that? You, you don't even care about it. And so I'm not that you would have any issues, but you know what I'm saying? But so I'm just going to, I'm going to choose to forgive people. And here's the thing. I don't have to tell them. I don't have to go, Hey Andy, I'm going to forgive you today. I can just do it. You don't even have to know. Right. Well, you know, and the thing, I think it's important to know, because this is another one of those things like boundaries that's so misused is, you know, forgiveness. It doesn't mean that what they did is right. Absolutely. In fact, the very fact that you're forgiving them, the precursor of a forgiveness is there was a wrong that was committed, but you were choosing to not let it control you. Right. Generally, there was a cost. It cost you something when they did something wrong. Uh, you tend to, I think, uh, have more opportunities to forgive people the closer they are to you than mm-hmm. people that are farther away. And so right. it bumps into you know all those relational dynamics. And so it's not saying okay not a big deal it's not saying it was right it's not saying it's but it but it is choosing to release it and not carry the burden of exactly 
And, and even in the little things where we, we're not talking about some monumental hurt or pain, we're just mad at somebody in, in a marriage, you know. So we're going to stomp just a little louder so they'll know, oh, he must be upset. So they'll ask, hey, what's wrong? So that so you that can, I can unload. Right. They're like, stop, just stop that. That's just that's wasted energy on emotion that you don't need to. Just love your wife. Forgive your spouse. You know, love your husband, whatever that thing is. You know, and just... Let's just, let's just get past that. You don't have time to waste holding on to bitterness and, and, uh, and envy. Well, you, I like the way you said it because you said you could choose it. Uh, one day, Beth told me, I, I forget what I did. Uh, it, it, it wasn't something major. It was one of those little things, but it was definitely it's something wrong. And she said, it's okay. I, I forgive you for that. In fact, I've already choo- chosen to forgive you for all future offenses. Come on. Now I wasn't offended by that. <laughs> right, I was more. Right. It was more like, oh geez, like if I were you, I don't know if I would want to do that because <laughs> there are going to be, yep. you know, so many other things. But it was, it was already kind of setting that heart posture towards. I'm just not going to be burdened by stuff that, yeah. you know, I don't need to be burdened by can recognize my limits. That's number one. Number two, fill up the margin with gratitude. Number three, not let unforgiveness or bitterness back into those spaces. Just go ahead and kind of set the default of... Absolutely. You Absolutely. know. And because life's going to be better that way. Right. I mean, I just get to choose it. Um, you know, when we... There were five attitudes. I'm just throwing this in there. But there were five attitudes that every true Christ follower should maintain. Paul talks about in Ephesians. Uh, that we'd be completely humble completely gentle, patient, forbearing. Patience means to be unmoved by circumstances. Forbearance means to be unmoved by people. I'm a better individual when I don't let you rattle my feathers and ruffle me up, right? I just, I'm going to forbear. I'm going to put up with. That's literally what that term means. I'm going to put up with it, right? But it means I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be unmoved. You can be angry with me. That doesn't mean I have to be angry with you. You can hurt me. That doesn't mean that I have to try and hurt you back or make you pay for that hurt. Not that we don't have conversation. It's just that I'm not letting you dictate the terms of how I'm going to live my life. And I think that's a crucial piece that sometimes is missed in life. Well, I remember one time when I was in Little League baseball, I was probably third, fourth grade, and we needed to leave. We had somewhere we had to be, and you know, my dad was trying to get me to go, and... Uh, I, I one of the kids on the team flipped off my hat, and it was a little squirt of a kid. <laughs> yeah. So and then he just ran with the hat, and I'm like, well, I had to I had to go get my hat because like he flipped it off, and then he was he started running, and he was like, what do you think would have happened if you didn't chase him? And I was like, he probably would have gotten bored and just oh man and given me the hat back right, right? right. which is yep. okay so that's exactly I mean, right and that's a lot of times what goes on is people just flipping off stuff yep. and then it's you know you see you see it when you're driving you know somebody you know gets frustrated so you got to get frustrated back or like and it's like, yeah you don't have to react to all that stuff right right man emotional margin yeah all so, right anything else to say on it no man I think that's got it. I mean, I'm just enjoyed the series. Hope you guys have. Yeah, we get to come back. We'll start something new next episode. 
Hey friends, I wanted to take another break from the podcast to tell you about the Advanced Planner and the audio training that accompanies the Advanced Planner. Now, that planner is a quarterly fill-in-the-blank, you can start at any time planner that I use to manage my days. Here's what's really interesting about it. In the beginning, you have all of the personal development resources that we discuss uh, on this podcast, we discuss in the workshop, we discuss at the advanced events. In the back, there is a 10-point uh, breakdown that it really tells you how to define your dreams and then move from here to there. Uh, you're going to learn things in the advanced planner. Uh, yes, in the actual planner about managing relationships, about the importance of a power-up routine every morning and a power-down routine every evening. Uh, you're going to learn about charting direction, not distance, about mapping progress as you move towards your dreams. Uh, this is, in my opinion, the absolute best resource to manage and calendar your time and to create that perfect week and perfect month scenario that so often we discuss. Uh, here's where the tool came from. Several years ago, I was leading the advanced workshops with a team of people, and after the events, guys would create all of these goals and define their dreams, and the general consensus was, we need a tool to actually manage our time in a way that fits, not just with the hours and minutes each day, but fits with the dreams that we've defined as mattering and being important to us. And so with all of that in mind, we stepped back and we created this quarterly planner. Right now we're making it available to you. It's just 10 bucks. Uh, we'll send you the paper planner in the mail and you will have instant access to all of the audio training where you can log in as many times as you'd like over and over from all of your devices and follow along through those 13 lessons. That is the advanced planner. All of the information is in the show notes below.